Welcome to the Holistic Health Bites podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Nicholson, here with bite-sized episodes to empower, educate, and enlighten you with ways to lose weight, heal your gut, and achieve your ideal health so you can live an adventure-filled life. Let's dive in. Well, hello, everyone. Thank you for joining again. Today, I have a special guest, Heather Gray, aka The Lime Boss, and she's going to share some information about her Lyme story, as well as just sort of, you know, information about Lyme and autoimmune conditions as well. So let's just dive in. So Heather, welcome. Thank you so much for joining. Tell me, tell us a little bit about your story and how you became the Lyme Boss. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. Um, And I love talking about this subject because I like educating, right? And bringing awareness to a subject that folks, not a lot of folks know a lot about. And the information that's out there is just really bad (laughs) for the most part. It's just, it's just bad. So um, yeah, I was uh, undiagnosed Lyme disease for over 27 years. I was bit by a tick when I was 13. And started developing symptoms about two years later when I ended up uh, the first time in the psych ward for a suicide attempt. Um, That was the first of many. Um, As when you get it when you're younger, and I also had a a history of early childhood trauma as well as genetics for celiac. And so I kind of had this perfect storm going on uh, that made me a perfect host when I got bit by a tick, you know, Um, because if you think about it, not everybody that gets bit by a tick has Lyme disease, right? So there's there's a couple different factors that go into play of, you know, how is your immune system? I actually have um, issues in my genetics, my DNA that doesn't allow me to detox properly. So it also makes me more susceptible to things like Lyme and mold. Um, so like I said, there's just like this perfect little storm going on within me that um, definitely made me sort of more susceptible to, to illnesses like this. And I had it for over 27 years. Um, One of the biggest misconceptions is that everybody gets a bullseye rash. Actually, only 30% of people actually will get a bullseye rash. I did not get a bullseye rash. Um, My mom took it out wrong. The old wise tale way was to set fire to it, right? And have it back Mm -hmm. out. But when you do that, it actually makes it regurgitate what's, you you scare it. And so if it does have, if it is carrying Lyme and uh, co-infections and other issues, it's, you're more likely to get it because now it's just regurgitated it back into your system. Wow. I had no idea. There's, there's two Mythbusters right there. So (laughs) do not take it out with flame and do not um, think that just because you didn't get a bullseye rash that you're in the clear. Awesome. Wow. That, that is amazing. I didn't, I knew not everybody got the rash, but I had no idea. It was so few actually got the rash. And then I had not heard that you should not take it out with flame. That's exactly how I always heard you should. So (laughs) two things on that then. So what kinds of signs and symptoms do typically show up if they don't get the rash? How, how might somebody know that they should go get tested for Lyme? You know, so if you actually get bit by a tick and you've taken it out and you actually have the tick, best thing that you can do is actually send it in to Tickology, which is actually in my backyard in Fort Collins, Colorado. It's an awesome little lab that'll test the tick and tell you, right, whether you whether it's carrying things that you need to worry about. And if it does, start on Doxy, six weeks minimum. Like that's the standard protocol. There is an herbal protocol, um, but when it comes to just the acute stuff, I kind of don't mess around with it, you know, so if you can get on doxy and it does have to be for about six weeks in order to be really um, effective. So boom, you kind of 
get in the clear, you know, you have to work on healing your gut a little bit after those six weeks of doxy, but for the most part, you're good. Um, if you're not lucky enough to have the tick or you know that you've been bit, but you start developing these mystery symptoms, right? It's um, pain that likes to migrate. That's a big indicator. So like one day I'd have pain in my knee and then I'd have pain in my elbow and then I'd have pain in my neck and then I'd have pain in my back, which then makes you look like a hypochondriac, right? Because who has pain that migrates? <laughs> right. Blind people have pain that migrates, right? So there's there's one big clue. you got pain that migrates. Um, uh, Lyme knee is, is a real thing. So my knee, especially my right knee would swell way up. They couldn't figure out why it was constantly having liquid on it and was painful. So Lyme likes to eat collagen. And where does a lot of the collagen like to hang out? You know, it's in your joints. So that's why there's so much joint pain when it comes to Lyme disease. So joint pain is another one. Um, uh, gut stuff is another thing. Uh, brain, especially in kids, like it for some reason really likes to affect the gut and the brain. And we all know that the gut and the brain is connected. That's why, you know, my first symptoms showed up as um, mental, emotional issues, right? With suicide attempts. So now you've got this, uh, we got chronic pain. You have pain that migrates, um, Lyme knee, mental, emotional issues. Um, what else? <laughs> There's so many. Um, but it basically, they call it the great imitator, right? Because mm. it it can, inf- it can infiltrate any system, any organ, any tissue in the body and slowly shut it down. That and its little co-infections, they kind of work together. So people get misdiagnosed with fibromyalgia chronic fatigue, bipolar, depression, anxiety. I mean, the list goes on and on. Um, and uh, even MS, like there's a huge percent of percent of folks that have been diagnosed with MS. That's actually Lyme disease. Um, Mm. Alzheimer's it's found in brains with people with Alzheimer's and dementia. So if you've got a cognitive decline, um, you can have neurological issues where you can have ticks. And I used to stutter a little bit, um, so yeah, it, it can show up and look like all kinds of things. So I wow. usually, if you've gone to, you know, quite a few doctors and they shrug their shoulders and they can't figure it out, I'd <laughs> start digging into lime and mold. Right. Wow. Wow. I had no idea it showed up as so many different things. Do those symptoms usually develop pretty quickly or is it like five years down the road? Is it hard to maybe connect that you got bit with a tick because it shows up so far down the road? Or is it usually, if you were really paying attention, you might pick it up pretty quick. You know, it depends on the person's and their genetics and your immune system. You know, like I said, I was kind of the perfect storm, but I didn't even start showing symptoms till two years later. So uh, we didn't connect the dots. I didn't have the rash. I didn't get a fever afterwards. So there was no sign of like sickness immediately. Um, so for me, like I said, it was two years down the line when I, you know, first suicide attempt, but oh. everybody's different. And um, it can be really hard to connect the dots. And it's not only just from ticks, it can come from any you know, mosquito, uh, fleas, bed bugs. It can be passed in utero to the baby. It's even sexually transmitted. Wow. Wow. I bet hardly anybody knows that. I think everybody assumes it's tick only. Yeah. No, it's fascinating. No, I mean, Uh, if you think about it, any, can any, anything that can pass, you know, in blood, you know, so if, if you had a bloodborne disease, right, how is it passed? Right. So how, how, you know, why would Lyme be any different than any other bloodborne disease when it comes to how you can transmit it to others and how you can get it? Wow. That makes so much sense. So much sense. And sadly, they call it nature's dirty needle because it doesn't usually just come with Lyme. It usually comes with Bartonella or um, uh, 
Babesia, you know, so these other different viruses, you know, EBV, um, different co-infections that go along with it. Because like I said, if you think about it, it's nature's dirty needle. It goes from one creature to another creature to another creature, you know, like a hypodermic needle. And then by the time Mm -hmm. it gets to you, it's this concoction of nastiness that can make a person really, really sick for a really long time. Yeah. If you're going to get all those co-infections at the same time, then of course it's going to wipe you out and show up as all kinds of disparate symptoms and weird things in that body. That's crazy. I had no idea, but it makes perfect sense because it is bloodborne. It makes total sense that you would not only only get Lyme, but that it can show up in multiple ways, not just from a tick bite. That is fascinating. Um, You mentioned not taking it out with the flame. So do you have any tips on how you should remove a tick? Um, There are sites that will actually demonstrate. They make these special tick tweezers. I don't think they, I haven't, I haven't been able to find them to work very well. So just a regular pair of tweezers, you know, get as close to the skin as you possibly can and pull straight up. You know, that's, that's kind of, it's, but they do make special tools. There's some videos out there, how to remove a tick properly. Highly recommend checking it out, especially if you live in an area um, that's prone to ticks or you have animals that get ticks, you know, cause animals can get Lyme disease as well. You know, your pets, so you want to keep them safe. Wow. All right. And then you also mentioned mold. So what's the connection between Lyme and mold? Huge connection. For some reason, those that have the DNA issues that don't allow us to detox mold um, do make us more susceptible to Lyme. I'm not quite sure what that connection is, um, but they typically go hand in hand. And I found it after I was treating the Lyme and then after I became an FDN, because sadly, the other misconception in the Lyme world is most folks just focus on the treatment, just focus on the treatment, just focus on the treatment. And I actually did a whole webinar on this a few weeks ago on why Lyme treatments don't work and why people relapse because you can't just throw napalm at a person, especially if they've been sick for years and you kill off all these critters without considering the host, right? How's the gut working? How are their detox pathways working? What are their hormones like? What's their thyroid look like? You have to take this whole picture into consideration when it comes to a whole body treatment, right? You can't just focus on, well, what, you know, antibiotics did you take and for how long? And, you know, I'm even seeing doctors, you know, put pick lines in people for like 18 months and completely destroying their gut, you know, their brain, they've got all these long-term effects. It's almost like the treatment is worse than the the disease sometimes. Um, but so I, after, so I went through FDN, cleaned up all this stuff because treatment wasn't working for me. Treatment, I, I thought it was going to kill me. And um, <laughs> that's when I found FDN. And when I heard the, the founder of FDN speak and he was talking about, you know, is your detox pathways open? You know, are you looking for other hidden stressors? And I was just like, oh my God, this makes sense. And so about three months after uh, doing the program completely turned my life around. Like my brain was working. I was no longer suicidal. My pain had gone down. I had lost like 45 pounds, but there's still something that wasn't quite right. And we couldn't figure out what it was. And it was actually the founder of FDN who's like, have you looked into mold? And I knew the house that I was living in had been water damaged at one point. These really, really, really ignorant people, um, took off the back porch and they um, enclosed it and made a room out of it with drywall and carpet and put a hot tub in it. Oh no. 
Oh yeah. no. I'm like, who does oh, that? I mean, right? like, oh my God. Like, why not just <laughs> leave it open underneath the pad, underneath the yeah. Like most people would, but yeah, they enclosed it with a hot tub. So needless to say, there was a lot of mold in that room. And we yeah. demoed it ourselves. I didn't know any better, you know, right, at the time. Right. Um and so yeah, I mean, my worst health was definitely when we lived in that house. My son's oh, as well. Wow. You know, when I look back at his childhood and it just makes my stomach just drop of like, oh my God, that's what was going on with this poor kid this whole time. Yeah. Was that house and mold. So um, so so yeah, so once we tested, I, you know, did a swab for my nasal to look for MRSA, found out that was positive, did mm-hmm. some um silver for about a month to kind of get rid of that, and then worked on detoxing the mold and really seemed to, to absolutely help. But, you know, again, there's, 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 there was no quick fixes. So fast forward a couple years after that, I uh, went through a divorce, blew up my life, kind of went back to my old lifestyle, my back to my old way of eating. And I relapsed and I have spent the last year and a half cleaning up a lot of the damage that I did over those last seven years of not, you know, not following my path. You know, I have to make sure that I'm meditating every day. I have to make sure that I'm doing my exercises to keep the trauma out of my nervous system. I'm ha- I have to make sure that I'm eating right and that I'm getting enough exercise and that I'm drinking healthy, clean water, like all the basics, right? You can't, you can't pass go. You cannot collect $200. You have to put the basics down as a foundation. If you're going to want it, if you want to get better and you stay better, right? If you just want to mm-hmm. waste your money on treatment and then end up right back where you were six months, a year to two years down the line, like then, then just keep doing what you're doing. But sadly, you're going to have to learn some new tools in order to, you know, get long lasting health. <laughs> yeah. And I, that's so true in really any kind of chronic illness, like the foundations are where it begins. But it's also the lifestyle. You have to stick with this stuff for the long term. There's no quick fix that makes it just you're cured and you're all good to go. And now you can go back to your old life. Like that's true in all chronic illnesses. If you want to either prevent getting one or reverse what you do have, it's going to be the long haul that allows that to be true. So that that's a really good reminder that, you know, even uh, those of us in the health profession don't always follow our own advice and don't always stick to the plan that we know we should stick to. So those of you out there that are suffering with the relapse scenario, you're not alone. It happens even to the health professionals. So I actually got out of business during that time because I didn't want to be a hypocrite in any way, shape or form. And I wasn't ready to, to walk that line. I guess I just hadn't had enough pain yet. Right. Um, enough motivation. And it was finally like a year and a half ago. And my husband looked at me and he was like, I'm not going to be married to an angry person anymore. He's like, I don't know what's going on with you, but you need to get it figured out. And I was about 50 pounds overweight and back to being in pain again and depressed and suicidal. And so it was like a big old smack, you know, wake up call of like, okay, Heather, it's time to pull your head out of your butt and do what you, you know, you know how to do, put your money where your mouth is, test for your food sensitivities, right? Start there. Let's look into some trauma work and get your nervous system chilled out because I was definitely, you know, stuck in fight or flight, you know, why I was so reactive and so angry. So there was definitely a lot of different things to clean up, but it's, it's a beautiful, the body's a beautiful thing. Like when you remove a lot of these hidden stressors and these burdens off the body, like within the first like month and a half, things started to turn around, you know? And then by three months, like I'm functioning on all cylinders. Like it's amazing how you can feel so bad for so long and within a short period of time, turn things around. Isn't it though? I'm always amazed at how quickly we can go from feeling terrible and like, you know, every day is worse than the last to actually 
totally reversing that. It can happen really quickly. Now, of course, everybody's different. And so there's mitigating factors that can sometimes slow that healing process, but it is absolutely amazing how much progress you can make quickly by just following all of the holistic practices. It's not just about eating more broccoli, but it's the trauma work. I think that's a huge hidden piece that a lot of people don't talk enough about that really those past traumas, the current traumas, the, even the like family history traumas, all of those things really do pile up. And I think that's one that people don't talk about enough, but it's also the diet, the exercise, the sleep, the stress management. It really does take a whole picture to make an impact, but it's those same pieces that work in all of the illnesses, all of the chronic diseases, all of you know, any kind of imbalance, it takes all of those same steps to improve them. Absolutely. I mean, if you think about it, some of this stuff is so common sense. Like, you know, one of the things I say often too, is if you don't recognize an ingredient on a label, neither does your body, which then causes inflammation. Never in the history of human beings have we changed the way that we eat the way that we sleep. I mean, so much in just a short, you know, in the past 60 years, you know, um, so we haven't evolved to living this lifestyle that we're living right now. You know, we're, we're still, we've gotten out of sync with nature, right? Just because we have lights on till two o'clock in the morning, doesn't mean that we're supposed to be up till two o'clock in the morning, just because something comes in a pretty package and it sits on a shelf for five years, doesn't mean that it's good for us. Like, there's just, there's just so many things, the, the fluoride and the chlorine that we put in our water. Like, I mean, it's just, it's asinine. And when you start looking at it, it's just back to basics. Like that's really what I love to do back to basics, back to basics, back to basics, because without it, again, you can't pass, go do not collect $200. You might get a little bit better for so long. And I don't mean to be like the Debbie Downer, but that's just the damn hard truth. And I've lived it myself. I've done it myself. Um, and I've cleaned myself back up again. And so, you know, I know that my program works not once, but three times, you know? <laughs> yeah. That, that says a lot about it. <laughs> you can fall off and get back on and, and undo the damage again. That's, that's amazing. Right. Now you also mentioned a connection with autoimmune conditions. Is that a direct connection with Lyme or do they feed into each other? Does one make one worse? How does that whole scenario work? You know, I think it's just like with anything else. Um, so things that are going to make a person more susceptible to Lyme are also going to make you more susceptible to autoimmune diseases, right? So it's, it's in your genetics, it's in your lifestyle. It's, you know, what kind of trauma do you have? Um, there's uh, research out that folks with a high ACE score, you know, uh, adverse childhood events um, have like a 80%, you know, higher chance of developing an autoimmune disease later in, on in life. Like that has just been proven. So, like I said, so the same thing that made me a great host for Lyme also makes me more susceptible to autoimmune. And I think that's why we see them go hand in hand so much is because there is so much of a lifestyle genetic trauma correlation that goes with it, if that makes sense. It does. And I think that genetic component can sometimes be misleading. I think people sometimes think with a lot of conditions that, oh, my genes, I, I'm just destined to have that. And that's not true all of these lifestyle factors and dealing with the trauma and dealing with all of those things are what determine whether or not those genes get activated. And so I think that's a huge component. You do have to have the genetic predisposition, but that's not a guarantee that that means that's the path you're going down. Absolutely. If you incorporate all of these other holistic lifestyle approaches, those genes may not ever show their ugly face. 
Absolutely. Yeah. I love incorporating uh, DNA in almost all my testing I do with folks now, because it's just, again, it's a foundation. It's a blueprint. You know, do you have issues, you know, a propensity in your genes for, for celiac? Well, then you might just want to stay away from wheat for the rest of your life. So that way you don't kick this gene on if it's not on already. Like, but again, so there's a, what are the, what's the expression? There's a couple of them that um, let's use the nicer one, the piano. Well, I, I always remembered the gun one, you know, right. so gun, is, gun is the, oh, I always forget. I go backwards. Like, gun is, yeah. The genetics are the gun, the lifestyle yeah, yeah. pulls the, the trigger kind of thing. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, yeah. So, yeah, just like what you said, it's not just because it's in your genes. It doesn't mean it's, you know, be all end all. And, oh my God, you're doomed to all this, blah, blah, blah. No, you can turn around a lot of it, but it's just a great little tool of, okay. Especially for me with my issues with histamines and my issues, my issues with detox, like, so funny story about six months ago, after I started cleaning myself up, I got all gung-ho into making ferments, right? I was making my own kombucha. I was making my own kefir. I was making my own sauerkraut because this is good for you. It's all good for your gut. <laughs> and back to gaining weight, back to being in pain, back to being reactive. I'm like, what the hell is going on? Like within a short two week period of time, I just tanked and somebody took a look at my genes and was like, Oh, Heather, you can't, you don't detox histamines like at all. He's like, you should not be eating all those ferments and, and leftovers because I would batch cook. Right. And I would, I would have leftovers. And even though they were healthy food, they were still leftovers. So high histamines, eating a lot of vinegar, a lot of uh, ferments, like all the, all the no-nos for that, you know, seem healthy. Right. But for someone like me, it was bad. It was bad. It was bad. So like I said, it was just great little um, other foundations, things to keep in mind, right? As I go along on my health journey, but a lot of that other stuff, yeah, I, I, like I said, just because it shows something in there doesn't mean that it's going to express. That is such a great example of why these processes, this whole healing journey has to be unique. It has to be Absolutely. personalized to you. There's nothing unhealthy about the foods that you were eating, the, the kombucha and the sauerkrauts and all of those fermented foods and even leftovers. There is nothing necessarily inherently bad about that, but they were terrible for you. Like, yeah, I'm doing, a new why. I'm doing a new experiment with my cat. Sorry, no, uh, okay. I interrupt. But like, I, so I have a new energetic like biofeedback scanner and this cat has itches since the day that I got her and I've changed her food. I rotate her food. She's only eating raw now and she still itches. Like all her other health stuff is cleared up except for this itch. And so I ran a scan on her the other day and histamines came up and I was just like, I when I give her food, I let it sit out until she gets done eating it. And sometimes that could be an hour or two. And really you probably shouldn't do that with raw meat anyway. Um, but no, so now I actually need to start taking her food away within 30 minutes of setting it down because she's, she's reacting to the, she's got a problem with histamines as well. And I think that's where the itching's coming from. Oh, that's so interesting. I, right. I just love it, but I really just really want to hone in on the bio-individuality piece because so many people are like, but my sister followed this plan and it was perfect or my coworker or my neighbor or my husband or whatever. And that doesn't mean it will work for you. Right. So if you're doing a plan that seems perfectly logical, totally healthy, and it's making you feel worse or no better, <laughs> just know that that's not a failure of you. Your biology is different and you just need a different plan. So I think yeah. that's a great example of how that I'm even into the woo-woo 
as well as the, you know, the scientific end, but, and I want to love the medical medium so much. And (laughs) I've seen so many people actually go backwards on their healing journey because they're just, again, they're, they're following a one size fits all diet. He is saying, this is what will heal for everybody. And this is what everybody should be eating. And it's bullshit. And the whole, like the big ounce, you know, amounts of like celery juice first thing in the morning. Like I'm kind of a big fan of, again, going back to nature. If mother nature intended us to have that much, you know, concentrated, whatever, right. Juice, it would come to us in that form, but it doesn't come to us in that form because we need the fiber. We need the everything else that comes with that plant, right. When you start separating something from it and then drinking it in high doses, it's going to cause, it's going to cause imbalances other places down the line because we were not meant to consume that much celery juice every day. hundred percent. I agree with you on every <laughs> level of that. I think there's a time and a place for things like juices. For sure. They shouldn't be our everyday staples. We Absolutely. should be relying on whole natural foods in as close to their whole form as possible. I a hundred percent agree. Woo-hoo. <laughs> All right. Um, where can people find you? And do you have anything in particular that you would like to recommend people do? Yeah. So I have got a free ebook on my site. So Discovering Health FDN, and it's the six tips for a better night's sleep, because we Mm -hmm. talked about those foundations of health, right? There are so many people who aren't sleeping these days. And man, I don't know about you, but when I like get one bad night's sleep, like it affects me for days. Like I don't see how people are functioning multiple days of, of having bad sleep, you know? So get that sleep dialed in, you know, some easy, quick tips to really dial in like some more of those, like a uh, duh, you know, maybe get off your, uh, your blue light, you know, screens that um, cause you to not um, produce your melatonin and put you in a sleep cycle right before bed. So there's just some some great handy tips, some great videos in there as well, um, testimonials, um, but just a lot of awesome resources. Check it out. I love that. Thank you so much. And we will definitely link that up so that it'll be easy for everyone to find. Anything else you'd like to share before we close out this episode? Yeah. No matter how common a symptom may be, it is never normal, right? So uh, stop living with your freaking daily headache. Stop living with your bloated. Stop living with the pain and start digging and looking for root causes of stuff because those might just be little, you know, aches and pains now, but they're going to end up leading to big things down the future if you don't take care of them. They are your check engine light coming on. Don't ignore it. Don't put a piece of tape over it. (laughs) Dig deeper. Oh, I love that. I love that. That was the perfect way to end this episode. Thank you so much for sharing all of your wisdom about Lyme disease and autoimmune and mold and medications and holistic lifestyle and testing and all of the things. We talked about a lot in a very short period of time. (laughs) We cranked through all that information. So thank you so much for joining me today and we will end it there. Thanks so much. Thank you. Thanks for being a faithful listener to the podcast. I'd love it if you left me a five-star review on this podcast so that others can more easily find this valuable information. Did you know I also work one-on-one with clients? I approach solving health challenges like I approached solving crimes by conducting a thorough investigation into your case. Sadly, hundreds of millions of people in the U.S. have insulin resistance, pre-diabetes, and diabetes, and the vast majority have no idea. I'm here to fix that. If you struggle with low energy, stubborn weight, hypertension, sleep disturbances, 
or any other undesired symptoms, let's talk. All you have to do is schedule a free call. The link will be in the show notes. And no, you do not need to live near me.